What's good, beautiful people, and welcome back to Cornerstone Podcast, a community where vulnerability is not only embraced, we're going to celebrate it. My name's Kristen, and I'm your host. And today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name's Yvonne. I love her very much, and I hold her very close to my heart. Aww. How are you doing today? I'm are, great. Good. I'm excited about this. Full of energy. Yes. Um, how are you feeling about sharing your story? I'm really excited. I'm blessed that I can share and I can talk about God's love and what he's done in my life and how far he's brought me. I really appreciate you being willing to come on here and share your story. And I hope that whatever you share really resonates with someone, even if it touches one person's life and plants a seed to the love that God has and the redeeming power that he has. Yes. I pray that that happens in someone's life today. Yes, amen. Me too. All right, let's get into it. Okay, well, I'm 65 years old. I grew up in Culver City, California. Um, I grew up in a home that was not like everybody else, a very dysfunctional home. But in my home, my grandma raised me. So my mother and father, they divorced when I was two. And then my brother and I ended up with my grandma. In my grandma's house, I had a lot of my uncles were on heroin. So as a really young, I started seeing a lot of things I shouldn't have seen, taking my uncles out of ODs when they were eight, when I was eight. Um, you know, living in a house where everybody lived, a little two-bedroom house, and there was like 15 people. We had a little casita in the back. And so it was always in and out, back and forth. So um, on the weekends, my grandma, our outings would be going to TJ. Um, my family's from Tijuana, Mexico. And, um, and back and forth to all the different prisons. So it was very, it was, it was a hard upbringing. So my, as my grandmother raised me, I seen a lot. Um, she ended up dying at my cousin's um, wedding reception. And when she died, I was 15. But my grandma had a lot of love, a lot of love for people. She would pray. She believed in San Martin. And she believed in the Catholic ways. And so she instilled some of that stuff in me. I mean, my communion, my confirmation, all that, and did the Catholic thing with her. But when she died, I died. Because this was a woman that was there. Mm -hmm. My mother my mother came and left. My mother didn't like me. My mother was very mean to me. She would, you know, she would see me, call me names, and I would hide from my mother mm -hmm. because she was just not a good person. So when my grandmother passed away, I ended up I met Vince, my husband. And we my grandma was gone maybe six months and I ended up getting pregnant. And my mother in a hostility and being angry with me, she beat me up and my baby passed and told me that that would never be talked about again. That was something that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I went through a lot of years of, of being afraid. Then I got pregnant with my son and I hid from her. So when I had David, Vince and I um, got our apartment and we went through a lot as well. I've been with Vince going on 50 years next wow. year. So we ended up being heroin addicts. And um, 
My David was just a baby. He was just a baby. So his whole upbringing, we were on heroin. We were we were messed up. We were um, on methadone, right? And just living day to day, trying to survive, mm -hmm. trying to get that fixed, trying to fill that empty void mm -hmm. of, of you know what what we're missing, and we don't even know what we're missing. Yeah. But using drugs and drinking and didn't care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We did some really terrible things. When your grandmother passed away, did your hunger for God also kind of go away so you didn't have that role model in your life to bring you to God anymore? Yeah, I was mad. I was mad at the saint, mm -hmm. at San Martin. It's like that he took her, you know, just all of a sudden. And get wake up and she's gone and there's this woman that don't like me, mm -hmm. you know, that's constantly beating me up and calling me names and it was tough. I'm Vince mm -hmm. a lot. How long uh, were you and Vince using until you both got clean um, and what kind of led to that happening? Well, what ended up happening was we ended up losing our apartment. We were using, Vince was working. Vince was a functioning addict. He would go to work. And um, we ended up losing everything. I was living with my mom. And my brother stole some pills from her and blamed me. So my mother threw me out, put me out on the, in the rain, put me on the streets. So Vince and I, we ended up on the streets. We were on the street for like three months. It seemed, it, Vince thinks it was like two days. It was like three months. Yeah. We were out there, we were messed up when we had this child that was already 12 years old. And this whole time we were using him as a child, mm -hmm. you know? So there we are with nothing, nothing. I found out my mother sold everything I had. So one day Vince's mom and his sister said they had called his cousins in San Jose and we were gonna go up there to visit them. Just go, Debbie and Junior, they, you know, they want to see you guys. And there we went with our methadone, mm -hmm. our, our heroin, you know what I mean? Weed, cigarettes, we had, we, we had <laughs> our stuff. So we go, and because we lost everything, my uncle had given us this giant red suitcase. It was huge mm -hmm. red and red. So there we go up there. And um, we get there, and Debbie and Junior ain't around. So the guy says, well, I don't know what you guys are going to do because, you know, um, they're not here, and I, and I can't just take you in. Well, little did we know, it was a rehab. It was not just going to visit them at their house. We were going to the rehab. So we're like, okay, he takes us to a hotel, like down the street mm -hmm. on Monterey Highway. It's like the boonies. There's like nothing around. <laughs> And all of a sudden, um, we're there, and I'm crying. I, I, we had no money, we had nothing. And Vince and I were sharing a donut and a cup of coffee. And I go to the, um, to the pay phone, and I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I going to call? Mm -hmm. There's nobody. So I'm crying, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And he gave me 10 bucks. 
and he says, here's $10. He said, and walk around to the Catholic Church. They'll give you a voucher for a room. So there we go with our suitcase in a shopping cart, pushing it. So we go around, and we knock on the door, and they say, okay, well, we can give you a voucher for one night. So we go, and we get this little hotel room, and, you know, we got our methadone, and we're good. We're, mm -hmm. we're okay. The next day, we get up, and we're like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? <laughs> yeah. We got nothing. We are literally rocked to the ground. So all of a sudden, we're sitting there eating a burrito or eating a taco or something, and here comes his cousins. What are you guys doing? You know, I knew too you would be eating. And, and we're like, okay. So they take us back to where they live. Mm -hmm. We go back there. And then all of a sudden, they, they took our suitcase. They welcome us in. And then Vince is gone. He's just gone. I'm like, where's Tootie? Ah, oh, you know, he went to Salinas. Selena's, what about me? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking out, and Mia, the, the, the house was on a main highway to the freeway. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, man, this is not good, because now he's gone. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Where's my stuff? They took everything. And then she says, well, you can't wear none of your clothes. What do you mean? Oh, you know, you, you, this is rehab. You know, Tootie's going to go kick in, in um, Selena's. What? F you. Yeah. I was like, no way. I ain't doing this. I didn't sign up for this. This was not my plan. Give me my drugs back. Give my methadone. And two days, I fought her. I was just like, I am not F you. And now I'm watching the brothers come, and the sisters in the women's home, and, and I got to stay in the room with them in the bunk bed, and I can see the street. Mm -hmm. And I'm laying there, and I'm beginning to detox, and oh, my goodness. Then all of a sudden, I get this terrible rash through my whole, my neck, my arms, everywhere. It just burned. So I go to my cousin, to Debbie, and I say, Debbie, look at me, look at me. But I was detoxing mm -hmm. bad. Look at me, I need a doctor. Oh, Sally will take you. I'm like, Sally will take me? Okay, where's the doctor's office? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm ready, right? So Sally goes, come on. And we started walking to a clinic. I'm like, where are we going? Come on, we're going to go to the clinic. The clinic, I need a hospital, I'm mm -hmm. sick, don't you see me? Yeah. And the whole way up there, Sally's singing this song. I go to the rock of my salvation. And I'm saying, you need to shut the F up, but I'm telling her <laughs> off, and I'm looking for cigarette butts. And, and she's just like nothing, singing the song. So we get to the doctor's office, and we go in. Well, here comes the doctor. So she looks at me, she goes, so tell me what's going on, or something like that. And I tell I'm sick, and my head hurts, and even my hair hurts. And, and she's writing stuff, and I'm thinking, like, what the hell is she writing? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, really? <laughs> and she's writing, and she, and she looks at me, and she comes over, taps me a little bit, and looks at my arm, see the rash, right? And I'm thinking, okay, she's going to give me something, right? She looks at me, she says, you need to go, and wherever you came from, plead the blood of Jesus. I said, what? Oh, my God. I went off. 
I was like, F you, I don't know, what is that? You need to go plead the blood of Jesus. And I was like, oh, my God, so here comes Sally. Come on, Yvonne. I'm like, I was furious, Mm -hmm. furious. So I'm cussing up a storm, and I'm walking, and I'm thinking, the blood of Jesus, what is that? What is this thing that she's saying? And this girl's singing about the rock of salvation. This is a trip. So then we go, I, we go back to the house and, and, and no, I won't talk to nobody. I see a little shed in the back. So I said, I'm gonna get away from these crazy people. I'm gonna go back there. But the blood of Jesus stayed with me. So as I go into the little shed, I, I sit on the, it was, a, it was a farm where we're at. So I sit on the grass thing they had there. And I went through a fight of my life. And at the end of that morning, that day, the Lord, he came like a, like a warm blanket. And he covered me and he held me and I thought, I'm going to be okay. I am actually going to be okay. So I go in the house, and I lay down, and I slept for like an hour. I wake up, and now they're praying over me in tongues, right? And, and the girl's praying, seven times 70. And I'm thinking, she don't know. I've lost everything. You're going to get it all back, seven times 70. And I'm thinking, she don't know what I've done. She don't know where I've been, you know? So I'm thinking I can do this. So I get up and I'm accepting the prayers and it's around, this was in August. Mm -hmm. So now it's September. Now Vince comes back from Salinas and we get to stay in the in the in the home with the directors. So I wasn't in the women's home no more. I was actually in the home with the directors. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was two bedrooms, and and it was a big old house in the back. So after I surrendered, the Lord began to speak to me immediately. He, you know, Baby Bell Bubblegum. That was her name. She would pray over me in Spanish. And I would think, like, this girl's really, like, in a cult. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really is trip, right? And she would be laying hands and sweating and and telling me that seven times seven, do you going to get it back? And and I'd be like, wow. So in all that, when I surrendered, finally Vince comes back and we're sleeping in this little hole, kind of a cubby in the house, and it's got this couch to turn into a bed with the springs coming up everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, wake up with back issues. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is nuts. But we were together and we had our son with mm-hmm. us when we were finding the three of us together. And now they're saying, you got to get married because we were married. We've been together since 74, but we were married to that point. So now we're like, okay, we got to get married and we're going to do this and everything. Okay. So we get married, and now we're sleeping in this cubby thing. And all of a sudden, it's a farm, and it's really nothing around. All of a sudden, I hear, are you ready? And I said, I wake up. I can hear it in my ear. I wake up, and I'm like, who's that? Who's there? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so I'm looking, and, and so I lay back down, and I start falling asleep. 
are you ready? A little louder. I said, okay, that's messed up. Mm -hmm. That's really messed up. So I get up and I'm looking up in the kids' bedroom. They're out. I go, Junior, Junior, Debbie. They're dead asleep. I can hear Junior snoring, right? And so I'm like, go around the back and I'm thinking, somebody's going to joke on me. Nobody. So I lay back down like these fools, boy, this is too much, right? And I hear, are you ready? So I answered. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, I'm ready. I am ready. And I was like, I'll get you guys in the morning, (laughs) right? I'm ready. So I go back to sleep. I sleep real good in the morning. I open my word. And it it went to um, something like, get ready for the seasons will change. And I'm like, what? That's weird, because it said, get ready. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, so I get, everybody's getting up. I'm like, all right, who's playing a joke? That wasn't even nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, woke me up in my sleep. Junior looks at me and goes, Yvonne, that wasn't us. That was God talking to you. And from that moment, the Lord just kept showing himself. And, oh, man, I have, I have so many stories of what he's done how he showed me how that one day of asking, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Then he began to speak to me in my dreams. And he would say, now I lost everything. And baby Beba bubble clap, rock says seven times 71. Seven times 70. And in the word of seven times 70, I will give you back, right? When the Lord started to speak to me and he started to have this dream of a pink paper train, Right, and all my life I I have a hard time learning, but when he started giving me this dream, it was a pink paper train, mm-hmm. and in the in the dream, I would open the pink paper train and they'll say train them and they will learn, and I'm like what? This is weird, and I would see all these little like faces or heads in my dream, so I kept having this dream. So I finally go to my pastor and I'm like Pastor Ed. It's weird because it's a train and it's a pink paper train. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to take that to prayer, Yvonne. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, that's... <laughs> so finally, I'm like, okay, Lord, this is bugging me. What is this pink paper train? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I open my word, and I'm like, Yon, you need to tell me mm-hmm. what this means. I open to Ephesians 6, and it says, you will train them. Well, they will no longer be tossed to and from. And I'm like, train them. There's the train. Mm-hmm. But where's the pink, wow. right? So I'm thinking, this is, the well, okay, there it is. So train them. I can't train nobody. I can barely learn myself. How am I going to be training people? No, they're not going to happen. So a couple weeks later, I'm in church, and one of the brothers said, Sister Yvonne, Sister Yvonne. And I'm like, you need to come and help in the back. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> goes, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Don't, nope. And he says, all you got to do is, is read this book. Come on, come on. You have to. So I get up, and I'm like, oh, boy. I'm, you know, the train. And now he hands me a book, and on the book is a train. I don't believe it was pink, but it was a train. And he says, just read this to them. And I'm like, for three hours? Because our church lasted three hours. And I'm thinking, okay. So I go in, and I'm in my dream. 
And I'm like, whoa, what a trip. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my dream, and I'm like, wow. Shortly after that, my they start asking if I work with the kids. And I'm like, okay. And I start getting creative with them. I'm thinking, I have to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this wholeheartedly. And once I started working with the kids, I mean, everything began to come and blessings and Girl, I mean, I have a long record. I have a really long record. I have attempted murder. I have a possession. I have assault and battery. I have petty theft. I have a good record. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a nice person. So I was praying one day and asking the Lord to, um, I wanted to, I wanted to get a job for Christmas. And I'm thinking, and I'm saying only for Christmas because David needs a coat. This is when we first got there. David needs a coat the first year. And I'm saying, Lord, all I want is a job for Christmas. And it was already around right after Halloween. And and so my the lady that I was staying with, she's like, I told her, I'm going to go to the mall and, and get a job at the mall. And she mm -hmm. goes, well, you got a record. I don't care. I, I got to do something. So I get to the mall, and, girl, I go into the Macy's. I felt that vacation, and I know my head, and I put it down, and the guy says, oh, okay. He goes, you know, we've got over 200 applicants, so don't be surprised if we don't call you. No problem. He says, then we would have to do background check, and I'm like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, right? So then I leave, and I get in my car, because Vince had just bought a truck. So I get in the truck, and the song comes on, brand new you. Got a brand new walk, brand new talk. And I hear, I'm going to give it to you. Whisper. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? So I said, if that's you, Father, if that's you, Lord God, then I ain't going to look for a job no more. So I go back and I tell the lady, I'm like, I ain't going to look for a job no more because I heard him say, I'm going to give it to you. She goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, and they'll do a background check, but only one for Christmas. And she's looking at me like I'm really flipped out, right? And so two weeks go by, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, Lord, I can't wait no more. I have mm -hmm. to find a job. So I get in my car, and all of a sudden, it says, I'm going to give it to you. And I went, what? Girl, the next day, the phone rings, and it's Macy's. Wow. It's Macy's. And they say, can you come in for an interview? And I say, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I go in for the interview, and the guy says to me, he says, um, I need you to work on Friday, Saturday, and then half day Sunday. So I get up, and I shake his hand, and I say, oh, thank you so much. But I can't do that. And he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, I have to go to church on Fridays. I go to the streets on Saturdays. And on Sunday, I'm in church in the morning and in the evening." And he looks at me like, really? Really? And I said, no, seriously, but thank you for the opportunity. And he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you work Sunday night? Blah, blah, blah. I can do that. Mm -hmm. So then I'm working and working, and I'm working in the gold and the diamonds and all that, right? And I'm just like tripping out like, Lord, you're a trip. Mm -hmm. I got the keys to the, to the door. I got the keys to the diamonds. You're a trip, Father. 
But I had told the, my father that I wanted on Christmas Day. So on Christmas Day, they came. Here comes security. We just got your background check. <laughs> like, I said, okay. Right when I seen them coming, I got my purse. I'm like, I know they're going to walk me out. Right? And he said, why didn't you tell us? They said, because you didn't hire me. The Lord did. So all the years now is 33 years that on and on the Lord has blessed me, has restored me, has given me life. When nobody wanted me, mm-hmm. the Lord, he pulled us out. Yeah. Um, do you think that you getting to know the Lord has deepened your and Vince's relationship and helped your marriage um, thrive? Oh, yes, because Vince and I, we've been through it all. I believe me, girl, I tried to poison him. I chased him down one-way street and tried to kill him. I mean, we've been through it. <laughs> he could tell you some stories. But with the Lord, everything has changed. With the Lord in the middle, you, you, you have to, with the Holy Spirit, you have to work things out. Because believe me, we have fallouts. 50 years is a long time. The Lord has been our, our center and church. And Vince plays in the worship. And we have, he's played in um, auditoriums with thousands of people. We used to do a play together, and it was called The Duke of Earl. And it was in East LA. And we brought thousands of people, gangbangers, Dauphines, I don't care what walk. They were there receiving the Lord through our play. Do you play any instruments? No, I oh, wish. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think I knew that about no, you. No, I wish. I can't even keep a tune, but I try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think um, the story of how you and I met, um, it's kind of special. And I don't know if we've ever really talked about it, but I was doing the Rooted group at church and... You and Vince came, and I think he went with the guys. We split that day, Uh um, and you went with the ladies, and you shared your story. And I was struggling at the time. I was very very new to L.A., and I shared this in my episode, too. Um, But I had been struggling for a long time with the reliance on weed, and I was just like— it kept pulling me away from God and I would fall yes. back into it and then I'd be good and then I'd fall back into it. And I was in the middle of that battle going right. back and forth. And I met you and you shared your story and I was like, wow. And I told you I've been really struggling with something and I didn't even share what it was. And you were like, Miha, if you ever need anyone, come to me, um, I'll listen. And from then on, it was it's history. Yeah, yes. <laughs> The rest is That's history right. and I feel like I've been welcomed into your family and oh, 100%. Just since then. So yes. it's been really special um, the way I got to meet you and how we connected and where we are now. Whatever you need, you are special to me. And, you know, I, if I could have had daughters, the Lord has literally given me five. Mm-hmm. And and I look at it like I, I don't even know what the first one was, but I know that I will one day. And it, you know, it's only God that Mm -hmm. brought all these beautiful, I really do see you as my daughters. 
I've talked to my mom about you because you play such an important role in my life. And when she got to meet you at church and I was like, this is Yvonne, like she's offered me a room if I ever need it, a hot meal, like just an ear to listen. Your role now at church, let me tell you guys, Yvonne is the the best greeter. If you ever come to Venice Church in LA, you will see all 411 of her standing at the front door. She what? will give you a hug. She'll know it's your first time and she will make you feel so welcome. Oh, um, thank you. And yeah, it's awesome seeing you every and, Sunday. And I, you know what? If it's more of a blessing to me than the people that I greet. It, it's it's God's love that when we go to church, we go with our burdens, our heaviness. It's a Holy Ghost hospital. So people come, they want that real hug. Not a pat, mm-hmm. you know. I want a real hug, and so that's why I hug people. I love on them because that's what we're there for. You know what I mean? To show God's love, and for what He's done for me, girl. Mm-hmm. I can never repay Him enough. Yeah. Amen. I, I just want to tell you, I am very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Because I know at the beginning it was a little tough for you, mm-hmm. and I saw that. But you're absolutely a million percent right. This door is always open for whatever you need. And that goes for the five of you. Mm-hmm. It, would, it doesn't matter what time, what day. If I can do something for you, I'm there, Miha. Thank and you. And I'm so I proud you. of you. And look what you're doing. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, we love you, Cornerstone family. Thank you for tuning into this episode. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.